Hello. Hi, Alex. Hi, Kimmy. How you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. We're both in our youth scene sweatshirts because we're powered by youth scene. Hi, youth scene. Thank you for supporting us and this crazy podcast that we do, which is welcome to how to be queer. How to be queer. I'm Kim. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Alex. My pronouns are they, them, their. I like to sing today. I like that. I pretended to sing last night and just lip synced. Okay. Oh, that's right. You were. <laughs> so for those of you that might not know this, um, Alex, also known as Trey Suits, I am a very um, well-known and popular <sighs> drag performer in the state of Colorado. And you were, you were performing last night at X bar with yes. the amazing good Christian woman, otherwise known as Kylie Michaels. Yeah. I, I, I stayed home and went to bed. You did because the show starts at 10 PM. Yeah. We said we started more like, like 1030. Oh, for heaven's sake. I know. I miss armpit time though. That was a bummer. I know. I love armpit time too, but I, I get it. Like drag <laughs> is, 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 uh, something that's really obviously important to you and an expression. Yeah. yeah? Is yes. that how you'd say it? Yeah. Yeah. Artistic expression. And if you haven't been to a drag show, they're just a hell of a lot of fun. They are, they are, they're lots of fun. You know, it, it, they're vulnerable. <gasps> oh, oh, there it is. There's <laughs> our, there's our, our part of our thing today. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to, I'm going to jump in. Um, yes. So we've kind of, uh, we, we, we talk about the experience of, you know, what it's what our podcast is called, how to be queer. And for some of us, this is a lifelong practice of understanding and embracing different parts of our identity. Mm -hmm. And so Alex and I, we've been having this conversation because, oh, no, go, go jump in because the world, as soon as you're born, will teach you how to be straight. Yeah. The world will not teach you how to own your queerness. It will not. And so you and I, here we are. Hey, 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 we are learning how to do this. And we're also, well, we've been, we're, we're really centering around this word joy. Yes how to experience and live joyfully. Mm -hmm. And so I, I will tell you, Alex, I have been trying to do this for a very, very long time. Me too. And I'm not really good at it. <laughs> I kind of suck at it. Me, me too. So, but we're here and we're queer. <laughs> we're here and we're queer. And so, you know, being an ordinary person with, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, what does being joyful and living in joy actually mean, and we can go to all the quotes that are out there and the books, but this is kind of where you and I are really funny people and that we're mapping out how to tech because this <laughs> listeners is going to be over weeks. Like we're going to, we're going to be focused on joy. And just to give you a, a, a little bit of an insider peek yeah. on joy this week, you have Alex and I kind of setting up well, how does it look to make a map to get to joy? But in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have guests on with us who have found joy, yeah, legitimately found joy. And, and they're going to be coming on to share their stories with us. Yeah. Captain Underbite is already making an appearance. We are off to a bad start. Miss, Miss Rojo is participating in all that as well. <laughs> the queenie, the queenie bee who looks at us like, what? I didn't do anything. It's all, oh, Captain Underbite. Okay. So here's the really funny thing about you and I. 
<laughs> Are you ready to share this with Dear people? listener. Oh, yes. I'm a fully acknowledgement of my... So I am a Capricorn and you are, I'm a Gemini. And so stereotypically Capricorns, we are methodical. We, we have great laid out plans with a plan, a, a plan B, a plan C. We like to map things out chronologically of how they're going to happen. And what do Geminis do? Alex? <laughs> well, um, I will say I'm on the cusp of Taurus and Gemini. However, um, I think we're an air sign. Yeah. So you, and I'm an earth sign. Yeah. So, so I am grounded into the And I'm like, la, la, la. So <laughs> listeners and doing this. So these are, these episodes are probably going to be called something like on the road to joy, right? That's yeah. where we're headed. We are yeah. headed to a place of joy. I actually made a plan and a map for myself, like a literal map. I have drawn a map of how I'm going yeah. to get to joy. And Alex, what does your paper look like? Well, listeners, let's just acknowledge that she's got like words with arrows pointed to other words and diagonal and lists. My, my notes, um, the page where I was going to draw a map is blank. (laughs) (laughs) Because you just feel it in the air. I'm like, I'm just going to feel it and pull it in. Um, I definitely have a process. It is, it is, it is certainly fueled by energy, some logic. Oh, dear God. It is the opposite of my process. (laughs) Yeah. So we're good balance though. We are good balance. So hopefully listeners, you're going to get what you need from, from one of us. If, and and if we're really doing a good job, you'll get parts from each of us. Yeah. And together we're more whole. We are more whole. We make a good pair because I, I bring you down to earth and you let me fly up in the air. There you go. Yeah. So hopefully you have found your counterpoint <laughs> in life that can do these things for you. Cause God help me. If I was with someone that was down, like into the earth with me to, of this, we would never experience a moment of joy. We would be planning every single thing in our bomb shelter. Like what can possibly go wrong? I've got a plan for that. <laughs> I know I'm an asshole. I don't know why you're with me. No. <laughs> All right. So on my map, joy is something, I guess the reason we've really been focused on it is, is twofold. One that our experiences of being queer and our lives as being queer, that's only one part of our life yes. that we have multiple facets as we all do of identity. And so I want to talk about that. I'm going to talk about understanding of oneself and intersectionality and how once you can truly understand yourself, all the different facets, because being queer is only parts of us, but once you can truly know who you are, that's a little bit where like the self-acceptance lives. Mm-hmm. And so to get to self, and, and this is like one of the quotes that, see, I am going to do a quote. Are you ready for my quote? Yeah. Guess who my quote's by? Brene Brown. It is by Brene Brown. My my notes have a bunch of quotes. I'm obsessed with quotes, healing quotes. But my the one that this really spoke to me was, and this is from Brene Brown. So I'm just going to read it. It says the truth is, belonging starts with self acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self acceptance. Because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. Mm -hmm. 
And I also understand, and Alex, I need you to, to help put it into words for me here, that we can't experience joy without being able to be vulnerable. Correct. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that means? Put me up in we, the air with that. We can't experience joy without being vulnerable. Um, so I'm going to use another quote and then we'll, we'll keep going through this by Brene Brown, where she says, scarcity and fear drive foreboding joy. And I think just that sentence, and we talked about this um, in our pre-podcast discussion that on some element as humans were, were wired to survive and and, and protect ourselves. And so it takes a lot of work to like get through the idea of what is our joy. So when we're afraid that our feelings of joy won't last or won't be enough, if the opposite of scarcity is enough, then practicing is how we acknowledge there's enough and that we are enough. And therein lies, I think for at least my experience in coming out and accepting queerness, like that's where it really hits me. Yeah. Am I still struggling in a place of self-acceptance? And so here's how it's showing up for me. And this is why I'm like, Alex, let's just be brave yeah. and be vulnerable and take on this subject. So you guys would have heard a couple of weeks ago, Alex and I are, are going to legally get married and we are hosting um, a, what is now turning into a very large celebration in November. And we're 60 some days out. And here's, um, and this is me practicing vulnerability folks because I am a type A Capricorn and I like things to be really lined up and perfect. And I am really struggling with how to celebrate to the point where I can't seem to figure out what to even wear. I can't make a decision about it. And I realize that it's, I feel joy. I feel joyful that I get to marry you. Yeah. I am so uncomfortable with letting that joy show. Yes. So yes. I, I am trying to, I'm really trying to work on myself. Because putting ourselves out there is vulnerable. We oh. are literally putting ourselves into a building, bringing in people saying, here we are. Yeah, it's, it's, and it, I'm scared. I'm yeah. really scared to embrace that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I guess I go to, to like, you know, my children are going to be there and Cyrus is going to be there. And, um, my parents, my sister, all of our friends, people who have, who I think want to see me experience joy. Yeah. Right. They, I, I believe that the people who are coming are genuinely like, take a moment. Yeah. This is an important moment. And I'm really struggling with how to do it to yeah. let that joy come through. Yeah. So in some ways, Alex, I'm like, have I been, which I already, I think I already know the answer to this, but conditioned to think that joy was like kind of shameful, like it's boastful in a way, right? Um, hmm. It's attention seeking, it's over the top, it's, well, maybe you should turn your focus to someone else. Like actually allowing yourself to stand in a spotlight of joy is, is kind of hard. Yeah. Are you feeling that at all? I am. I think, um, you know, with our celebration, I've thought about the different layers that we this is, I mean, yet, yes, we're having a drag show and there, or we're having like a, a drag show as right. uh, yeah, performances aspect. And it's like, 
we've kind of compartmentalized certain things. And now we're like bringing all of these elements of ourselves into one space at the same time with, you know, cause like, and I'm using the word compartmentalized. It's, it's, it can sound like a harsh word, like we're, we're siloing, but, but it's just kind of life where things just get like sectioned out. And now we're bringing everything together. And that process in itself is so um, vulnerable. And I've thought about, you know, for me, cause like, I want to shout you from the rooftops and I want to, I want everyone, I want your kids. I want your family that you, I want to give you the world. I want to give you the love that you deserve and the life that you want and bring you an extraordinary life. And, um, in, in a way in this six hour event, it's still the bubble of you and me yeah. and everyone else is just orbiting around us. Um, but they get to witness, they get to witness this thing that is true and authentic and real. And yes, it's vulnerable. And I just want, I think I want to, I want everyone. I just want that you, where we have what we wanted that you have. I know it's I'm, I'm getting jumbled. It I'm is. And, so... and if our, if our listeners could see us, they would recognize that I'm having a little bit of trouble holding it together because who doesn't want to hear words like that, right? <laughs> that this is the world I want to give you. And of course I'm, that's my goal too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I listen to the pink song, a million dreams over <laughs> and over and over again, because that whole song is about, you know, lying in bed at night and all of the different dreams that are in your head that you want in this world. And you, you find the person that you want to have those with. And then how do you have enough courage to come out and say, I'm going to do this with you. Mm-hmm. And so this celebration is more, it's, it's bigger than what it feels like maybe on the surface. Right? Oh yeah. And so I am, um, I am just being very honest with our listeners because this is a practice of, for me to get to joy. This is, as you always say to me, Alex, this is the thing you have to move through. And for me to move through to joy, I'm, I'm struggling with taking up that space, Mm -hmm. but on the same hand, I hear you say those words and I can't even keep the tears in my eyeballs because I want to give you all those things too. And I want those things for myself. Yeah. So the only way I know how to deal with it, right. Is because I'm a Capricorn type A because I've made (laughs) myself a map. (laughs) I love your maps. Love, love that. Because if I can do anything, the one thing I can do is I can put my, my head down and work really hard. You're very, you're a very hard worker and I need to do it with a map. And I can just imagine what bro friend would say to me right now about my map. Kimmy, I know (laughs) Kimmy, what are you doing? Well, so here's where we are listeners. This is, this is our map too. We're building towards joy and Alex and I are going to share a little bit more about our process of understanding ourselves because self-acceptance is on the road to joy. And then over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear a couple other folks come in and join us mm-hmm. around how they found joy. Yes. Yeah. So how do you start to learn who you are, right? If our first step is self-acceptance and both of us being born into a world that was not going to be the narrative that we felt inside our bones. Self-acceptance is a whole other thing. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm like staring white eyeballs. Yes. Where do, where should, where do we begin? Do you want to start with your, my list of your, why? Yeah. Let's start there. Let's, okay. Let's, let's keep it. Go- yeah. So I guess I'm on a little bit of, you know, I always need like a, aside from the fact I want to experience why, right. Or, or I want to experience joy. Sometimes it helps me to frame out like a why, mm-hmm. right. And so I, I started reading up on like, how do you start to actually learn that? Why, why do I want to experience this, this joy? Why do I feel like I, where, where, why do I feel like I'm a little bit blocked in self-acceptance? And so, you know, the why's for me is that in where sometimes where happiness comes in is that if I'm able to express thoroughly who I am, I'm more likely to get what I want. Right. Yes. So in this case, if I'm, if I am fully able to express to you, Hey, I, I I'm a, I'm a lesbian and I'm stuck in a heteronormative world. I am more than likely going to get out of a heteronormative world because I can simply say it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it leads to less inner conflict. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. I know who I am. The inner cl- Yeah. I that trust was- who I am. You've gone through this a lot, right? Like of how do you just sink into your bones and you're like, nope, I, I can, dr- I can go into my knowing of who I am. And that helps me make decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it begins with like, um, well, for me, it began with this constant inner questioning. And then I think that's somewhere along the line, you, you, um, that motivates you to find your joy as you're going and we'll keep going. Okay. Um, so I know myself, I trust myself with my decisions. And this one was something that I think we will kind of take a little bit of a detour on too, which is, it's not just, do I understand myself? It's, do I understand and have appreciation and tolerance and understanding of others? Mm -hmm. So that obviously, and I'm, I'm going to, listeners stick a pin in that. Cause I'm going to come back to it in a minute because that's, that is actually about understanding intersectionality. But before I get there, I just want to say, you know, I, I want to live a richer life. And I think the past couple years, it's not just about queerness. It's not just about coming out. It was about living under an administration where I've constantly felt under threat. It's about living through a global pandemic and the the collective stress and grief that that has caused all of us, mm-hmm. the uncertainty of even if your kid's going to go to school, are my parents going to get sick? Is there going to be an ICU bed if someone does? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are recording this on even the, the, it is the one year anniversary of RGB's death. And I remember how her death rocked me mm-hmm. because it, I knew it could potentially be. And as we have seen in Texas, it can be ushering in a world that is really unsafe towards women. Yeah. So all of these things I mentioned, because it's not, it's not just about trying to find joy in being queer and being out. It's also about trying to find joy in a world that has been extraordinarily hard the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, those are, before we get to intersectionality, is there anything else you want to add to that? No, I don't want to derail anything with my, <laughs> my floofy <laughs> thoughts. All right. So I'll just read some more quotes to you folks. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I, 
again, Alex, I just want to state that the beauty of who you are as a human being is you are such an, I mean, we're all energetic beings, Yeah. but you're an energetic being on like a whole other level <laughs> that you can sit and just feel. Yeah. I think I also have to acknowledge that like I spent a really, really long time being completely unaware of like a lot of like social, like what, like, like things that were happening in the world. And so, um, just due to like visibility and exposure, like our worlds were so different. And so, you know, that idea of getting outside of ourselves when we have tolerance for ourselves and tolerance for other people, like, um, I feel like I'm stepping, I've been stepping more and more and more these past few years, especially like will w- willingly open, you know, opening my eyes to the, to the world beyond myself because yeah. I was so obsessed with trying to understand myself. Yeah. I mean, that's boy, you're leading us right where we want to go. Thank okay, you. good. <laughs> because I think if, if on our, on our, we're building towards joy, that's what we're here to talk about, right. Building towards joy and understanding it's been a shit world the past couple of years. We also live in this world where you and I have a lot of privilege, but then we have areas of our life where we don't. Right. Um, But if we're building towards joy and it has to start at self-acceptance, you can't really have self-acceptance unless you know who you are. Deeply know who you are down to your core, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go like a little, because, and also understanding ourselves, it does help us understand others. Yeah. The experience of other people, which just makes us more tolerant. We have more empathy for others and boy, there's a lot of joy in that, Mm -hmm. right? Hey, I understand myself. I understand the complexity that lives in myself. I can work towards self-acceptance, but I can also recognize it in someone else. Yeah. Okay. So in my day job, when I'm not podcasting with you, darling, (laughs) this is your day job. (laughs) This is my day job. Thanks. Thanks, But in my day job, um, I work obviously as a trainer around diversity, equity, inclusion, storytelling, media. And um, there's one of the the number one questions I get when I start going to training with people is, you know, a lot of stuff around gender and sexuality. And I'm a nice person. I can't possibly be participating in white supremacist culture. (laughs) I got, I got bad news for you, (laughs) but a question that I get a lot is when I say intersectionality, Mm -hmm. right. And people will be like, what say, what, I don't know what intersectionality is. So I need to obviously acknowledge that Kimberly Crenshaw, who's an American civil rights advocate, professor, UCA, UCLA school of law and Columbia. She, she is, is really seen as like the person that kind of brought this all together of of some of the language that I'm going to use. Okay. She created a way for us to think about our identities and how we interact with the world. Okay. And that's an understanding intersectionality, which for you and I as queer people, this is, it's important for everyone to do this exercise, Yeah. but intersectionality is this framework and it describes how we have overlapping social identities and those social identities relate to different structures of racism and oppression. 
So intersectionality, it merges all the different identity markers about us. So our race, our ethnicity, our gender, our, our socioeconomic class, um, ableism in our body, um, religion, there's, it's just a way to think about your identity in a much more complex and rich way mm -hmm. than just, hi, I'm Kim. I'm a cisgendered female. I'm also a lesbian, but I was also raised Christian. I was raised in a middle to upper class socioeconomic state. I'm able-bodied. Yep. Um, you know, I'm what you would consider normal for neuro, um, diversity. Mm -hmm. What is normal. That's even a shitty way for me to explain it, but if, 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 as an example, so those are all the different identities about me that I have to understand. But as an example, like if you're a queer black woman, you're going to experience the world on the basis of sexuality, gender, and race, and how those identities intersect is going to be very different than like how mine do. Yeah. It affects your experience. It, it, it affects your experience. Yeah. And so in intersectionality, the more that we understand ourselves, it is directly tied to oppression. Right. So yeah. oppression. And that is the, that is the, it's like a force, right. That allows it, it, it allows us to, it, it, it basically oppresses people through all sorts of different power norms and systems. It's what oppression is, you know, the unjust treatment of people and control of people. And so intersectionality shows us how that works on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and it results in really unique experiences, opportunities, and it can be barriers. So go with me here, listeners, the more intersectionality or the more parts of your identity that would be considered not historically centered, the more oppression you're going to feel. So it's, it's essential for us to understand that the different parts of our identity, some parts of our identity are historically centered, meaning we're living in a normative place, right? Everything I'm living is reflected back to me. Yeah. Right. I see myself in media. I see myself walking down the street. I'm, I'm not, um, for example, like in queerness is a really interesting one because you and I experience queerness differently. Yeah. If I am walking out on the street without you, people can't really tell, they can't tell based off of their biases on what queer people look like that I'm queer. You don't have that privilege. Right. Right. So how do we understand ourselves and how are these identities interwoven for us to be like, okay, I get where I fit in this world. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways that you can start to identify these things, but it is about reflecting on your own. Like you are looking to do self-reflection here mm -hmm. and to be mindful of who you are. And that allows you then to understand how to be a better ally for others. Yeah. Okay. So in, in an identity, you want me to pause for a second? Are you taking this all in? Um, yeah, I am. I was just thinking about, um, you know, why the visibility of queer or of, uh, black trans women exactly. is so important because there's so many layers to their identity that, that fall into not being historically centered. Right. Right. Not being. Yep. So, um, and there's lots of different ways. Like if, if people at home are interested in doing this and understanding yourself, you can go and, and I mean, just Google like wheel of power and privilege, because that actually explains intersectionality to you. And it's, it is a circle and inside the circle is power. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's understanding that the more you are 
the more power that you have, and that would be in things like think of skin color. Okay. So marginalized skin color, meaning not historically centered skin color is dark historically centered or where we see the most power with skin color is in white. Yeah. Um, you can even think of it in body size, right? So body size, if your body size is larger, you tend to have less power, let you are marginalized. You're not really seen, right? We know that, um, even in hiring based off of our physical appearance, the more that you've been seen as slim or pretty, the more power that you have. Right. Um, and so this works in everything from education, ability, sexuality. If you are, um, heterosexual, you have the most power and then it goes to gay men. Why? Because men have more power than women. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to lesbian, bi, you know, pansexual, asexual. So different than gender, Mm -hmm. right? So gender, if you are a cisgendered man, you have the most power. Then we go to cisgender women. Then we go to the least power being trans, um, intersect non-binary gender identities. So as a, so listeners, you can go and you can look up these, this wheel and you can fill in, um, where your own intersectionality of yourself is, you know, even one to think of as like housing, right? I'm going to go do that later on. You're going to go do this later yeah. on. So housing, if you own property, mm-hmm. you are in the most powerful position. Yeah. If you are unhoused, you are in the least. Right. So I, I always ask people when we go through training, I'm like, do this wheel because it helps you understand who you are. And then it's one of the things that's important in understanding who we are is where we have privilege mm-hmm. and power, and then how we can use that and being an ally. Yep. Yep. And what we do with it. So in your example of a woman, a trans woman of color, yeah, she already has multiple parts of her identity they have not been historically centered. Yeah. And so how are we in being allies? How do you identify that and say, Hey, I'm a cisgendered white lady over here. Yeah. I might be queer, but I also have a lot of privilege in that white lady cisgendered and Christian and wealthy and a house and Mm able-bodied. So how am I using that privilege and power to really make this world better for someone that doesn't. Right. So I always tell people like go through that exercise because it is really enlightening to just understand yourself on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. So when I did this wheel, because again, my goal here is to get to self-acceptance so that I'm getting to joy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in self-acceptance, I now recognize I have a shit ton of privilege. I have a shit ton of fucking privilege, Yep. but the part of my identity that's causing me the most vulnerability is the fact that I'm queer. Mm, yeah. And because that is a marginalized identity, it tends to take up a lot of focus. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not the whole picture of who I am. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, taking all that in. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, because on yeah. your wheel, you have a lot of privilege. I do. And you have a lot, especially being a trans uh-huh. identity. Yeah. That is not. Yeah. So in your path to like self-acceptance, mm-hmm. how much of understanding those marginalized identities that you live with, how, 
how do you work through? Cause that's the, this, right? Like I have to work through this part of who I am to get to this other side, which is I'm okay. Being seen, which is to be vulnerable Yeah, to experience joy. I don't know. Really, I don't really know where to go with this right now. Okay. I'm just, yeah. Do you want to, let's take a pause and come my, back. My oh, okay. thoughts Keep going. are just getting, um, I'm a little bottlenecked with, cause it's, it's so rich and it's just a lot. And that's how my, my brain just kind of like I'm taking all this. Cause then I just get flooded with emotions and, and feelings. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have no words. Okay. So we'll pause. Okay. And we'll come back with thoughts and feelings and we'll, we'll pick it back up. Well, if we're going to talk about thoughts and feelings, like I can go there right away. Oh, okay. We'll go to thoughts and feelings. Or do yeah. you want to take a pause? No, you don't want to. So, take a pause. so okay, I mean, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I love how or- organic this is. I know we're a highly produced podcast. So w- w- earlier we were talking about like what the it is, right? Should we go there? The it being the things you have to work through and to get to self acceptance. Yeah. Okay. So what was your it? I said it earlier and I forgot it already. Oh my god, Alex. <laughs> we're pausing. We'll be back, listeners. <laughs> Love you. And we're back. Hey. Hi. We took a little power break. Yeah. I'm going to make fun of myself for a hot second. My process is all over the place. Okay. Good stuff. Your process is all. (laughs) Yeah. Working through my, I mean, I I guess maybe it's just indicative of how um, sometimes working through aspects of your identity is complex and chaotic. Absolutely. Yeah. None of us are simple creatures. Yeah. And I think the more truthful and vulnerable and honest you want to be, the longer it takes you to work through those layers. Yeah. I mean, I think I just, on some level, like we got to realize that self-acceptance is that accepting the process that uncovering our identity never ends. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I want to say like, this is the part of aging that aging that I really like mm-hmm. is I'm constantly understanding myself on a much deeper, more meaningful yeah. level. Um, and of course we change. Yeah. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. There's values and morals and things that are just, just me. Yeah. But of course, yeah, of course I've, I would, I'd like to think I've developed into a, like a, a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I think it reminds me of, you know, I've mentioned it before on a, I think a previous podcast where a joke that, you know, when when I was in my early twenties that I would dream about, well, that's, that someday I'll be a wise 40 something, you know, year old. And, 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 and now knowing that really what I was asking and wanting for myself is understanding. Understanding for yourself. Yeah. Of myself um, and acceptance of myself. And now it's like, okay, you you made it, you did it. 21 year old self, like you on the, the, those large pieces that you were so uncomfortable and so distraught and so conflicted with you, you, you figured it out. Can we, do you mind if I dig into a little bit when you, when you say like, Hey, 21 year old self, like I, and I always love when people ask that question on like social media, like, what would you go back and tell your 21 year old (laughs) self now, if you could. And yeah, I always come up with the same thing. It gets better yeah, because it does, it does get better. But I want to ask you, because I know when we were looking at the demographics of our show, 
Yes. We actually have a lot of non-binary folks that listen to us. We do. Hi. Hi. And so I don't know if they're, um, you know, and we also have a lot of women that listen. So I don't know if like, cause we can't ask this level of question, but I do wonder how many people listen to us that are in the process of coming out in one way or another. Yeah. So I think it's super, I would love if, if you don't mind where I'm going to dig into this with you. Mm-hmm. So you're 21 years old Yeah. and you're like, yeah, okay. I I'm, I think I'm gay. Yeah. Do you remember how you figured out you were gay? You know, I've heard you and other friends talk about that in there. Um, I, it's, it's not a defining moment. I wasn't having dreams. It was like, um, just like a curiosity with, I wonder what it would be like to kiss a girl. And I remember even writing in my journals, like, I want to experience this thing that, you know, I'd even tried to sound all like romantic and poetic in my journals, like of things that, you know, no one else would read really, but here I am sharing it, of course, um, that I want to have this experience of, of, of kissing a girl. And like, um, and one of the first experiences I had was talk about a very, um, it was very on display. Oh, people were watching. Yeah. It was like at a bar at a party or something. It was yeah. In the parking lot of, of a bar on top of a car. Well, boy, you were like right out of a white snake video, weren't you? (laughs) But then being like, oh my gosh, the situations I put myself in, but on the inside, I was like, this is amazing. I'm kissing a girl. And it felt really good. Yeah. And then, but really like that complexity of I'm actually, this is a harmful situation, but what I'm feeling is like, this is really right. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. So, so, so you, so you come out and you're like, okay, this feels really right. Yep. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge and you, and you came out, but you've always said like, there was something like, can you walk us through that? Cause you've always said like, there was something else. I think that's why I kind of blur over my sexuality coming out sometimes because it was almost like, yeah, 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 I'm gay. And then why? And then fast forward to being 40, when I think of coming out, that's the first thing my brain goes to is when I came out as my gender identity, because I think my sexuality didn't feel as jarring. It was like, yeah, yeah, you're gay. So do you think it didn't feel as jarring because you knew that there was this other part of your identity that was like, like you, you've said, like you had no way to understand it. So you just threw it up on a shelf. Yeah. And I remember, I remember like, you know, telling my dad that I was, I remember coming out to family with my sexuality and it was like, and they, they were pretty much like, okay, you know, and obviously expressing some concern and wanting me to have you know, be happy and those kinds of things. But, um, I just, but after I came out, it's that feeling, whatever it was, well, the, it was the door that was shut on my gender identity. Um, that door was still shut. And so why I'm like, well, I figured out that I'm gay, but why do I still feel so suppressed or sad all the time? Yeah. Um, cause I, I, didn't. And did you think it was depression? Cause I know like, that's like really common when, and it's, this is going to come up in our, our next podcast. Um, one of the, the, the people that we're interviewing is that 
they were constantly feeling like it was, you know, they were being told it was depression. Oh yeah. But it wasn't. No, it was. Yeah. I thought it was depression. I had people around me, um, that had told me, you know, well, it's just depression. I went to the doctor and got on meds and, and I, I think it, it numbed, like it got me out of bed and I was able to like function, but I was also kind of like existing. So not living in joy. No, I I was, I was not actively (laughs) festering in pain, but, um, I think it got to the point where I was so tired of hurting that I was, I wanted the drugs. I wanted the, the antidepressant to just give me some sense of relief. And did it? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was a bandaid though. It was temporary. And then I would feel better. And, you know, with the help of my doctor, you know, wean myself off of the meds and then eventually some life event would happen. And I would be kind of be back to that same, like, what is this thing? Like, why is this it? Is this all there is to life? Like, there's gotta be more. Yeah. Like waking up every morning and being like, Mm -hmm. here we go again. Like, that's no way to fucking live. You know, it's not. And I guess I'm pausing on that because I wonder how many of us, and I understand that there's phases in our life where it probably feels pretty normal to feel that. Right. Yeah. Like I wake up on a Monday morning and I'm like, Jesus, here we fucking go again. (laughs) This, this game (laughs) gotta make money. gotta get the kids off to school. Gotta, you know, it's that part. I, I, I understand, but I think what you're talking about is this was outside of the, the norm of like, yeah, it's Monday. Oh like yeah. It, yeah. This was soul, soul level. Cause I found lots of pockets of happiness, you know, friends and socializing and teaching my classes. And, um, you know, I, I was very extroverted on the outside and I found that, but that soul deep, 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 like something is not right. And so in feeling that that feeling of like, okay, so this is more than like Monday blues, right? Mm-hmm. This is, there's something isn't, isn't, adding up. Did that, so we know that the more that we know ourselves and trust ourselves, the easier it is to make decisions because you trust yourself. Was that just missing for you? That sense of self and that knowingness and trust because you weren't able to, because it wasn't that you, I'm sorry, I'm totally butchering this for you, but the way that I understand it, it wasn't that you knew you were non-binary. You just knew something was off. Yeah. I think it's, like you weren't hiding the fact that you were non-binary. You literally didn't have the language that you were. Yeah. I would literally just say, I'm a little bit of a boy, a little bit of a girl. And I hated that word tomboy, but, um, but that's what I would just say. A little bit of boy, a little bit of girl. And I was like, this doesn't really, re- this is really, this doesn't really describe like who, like who I am. I think, so I'm going to go up in the clouds because this is basically that aspect of our soul and our, our sense of who we really are beyond all the identities, you know, my five-year-old self who knew who I was, that stays alive, you know, like, even though I shelved it, shelved it, um, it was still burning. It was dim, but it was still on, on a shelf. And so like the gratitude of like, it's always been here 
And I was, when I was ready, when I was able to, I, I was, I stumbled my way back into the closet, back down this hallway and looked up on the shelf and say, Oh, there you are. There you are. You're, you're still here. You're still, you've been waiting. You've been waiting and, and you're, and you never left me. Oh gosh, Alex, that's really, um, it's such a powerful message for people because this could be any part of someone's identity. It doesn't, this isn't like, it's just applying to someone who's non-binary and Mm -hmm. identifies as transmasculine or queer person. Like this is life. Yeah. Um, knowing that there's parts of ourselves that have been living on a shelf and how do you, I just love what you just said that that part of you, it never left. Yes. It could have been dimmed, but then how do you have the courage to say, I'm going to go and get that part of myself and let it live. Yeah. And is it, it, and this is the question that everyone has to ask them, you know, for them um, answer for themselves. Like, do you just get to the point of, of despair where you're like, I'm tired of living. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired of living this way where that makes you go look or, you know, it's, it's different for everybody, of course, but that, but that song, my attic by pink where, um, you know, I think this, if you put this into a song, that's, that's what it is where you, you, you hide these parts of yourself and you hide the keys to yourself and you don't even know where you put the keys and you're not trying to be vindictive or harming to other people or yourself. You just, you hide yourself. So, you know, and I think, um, I'm going to bring it yeah, circle back for a second, yeah. because when you, when you're just saying that, you know, so I've, I've locked myself up. Right. And I've, I've locked myself up to the point where I'm so lost. I don't even know where I put the keys to unlock the lock so that I can come out. And I was saying to you yesterday, that's something that I definitely feel all the time Yeah, is that it is more like, it's more familiar to me to live in the closet than it is out of it. Yeah. And so it is familiar for me to be really buttoned up um, distant from people, not, not experiencing joy because that's what feels actually normal. Right. And so to unlock, find those keys, as pink said, and unlock it, it's really hard for me to find the fucking keys sometimes Yeah, because it's so comfortable for me to be like, Oh no, I'm just keeping everything in tight. And I'm not going to show anybody except for you. You, I show you all the different parts, but how, I guess that's a little bit like when I'm talking about like, Hey, we're going to go on a couple episodes here of like, it is about finding those keys, I guess. Yeah. And the cool part, the hopeful part is that those keys are there back to the, it, it, those things, those keys, they're, they're, they're permanent. They never leave us. It's the, I'm going to use the word grueling, but it, I, I think learning how to live is, is, well, I'll take Glennon's word, brutal. It's brutal and it's beautiful, but it takes so much work in uncovering and digging and seeking and willing. So that was a, yeah. No, but I, I, yeah, I really, this really resonates with me Yeah, because it is brutal sometimes for me to say, I am a joyous person. I am deserving of an over the top love in this world. Yeah. It is what I want my children to see. I want my children to see self-acceptance and that it is, it is 
we are all deserving of that over the top love. What you were describing in the beginning of the episode is like, this is what I want to give you. I am deserving of that. Yeah. I deserve to go to a celebration where I feel that and allow myself to be seen feeling that. Yeah. But I am working through that. It feels more normal for me to stamp it down yeah. and to sit and experience it. Yeah. And I guess that's my journey the next couple of weeks. I think that's, yeah, I think that's all of us on a lot of different aspects. So when it comes to our celebration that's coming, do you feel like you're in a space where you can stand in the center of the room and soak in all of that love and acceptance and joy? And like, can, are you in that space where you can do it? Um, short answer. Yes. I think joy, you know, I don't know if I said this when we were just talking or like actually on the episode, but, um, I have, I, I realized I had way more pride in, in the queer sense pride when I found more inner acceptance and enjoy. So I think on some level, yes, I can stand in the middle of the room. Um, but I'm going to be looking for you because you're home your peace, you're my safe space. And when it, when all of that emotion and all of that, all the eyeballs and all the things like, um, it's, it's a free fall and it, but it's also like, I guess I'm going into my, like my chest is getting tight because the idea of being in the middle of a room and everyone's staring at us is like, oh my God. It's but a little intimidating. It's a little intimidating. And it's like the no, the cognitive knowingness of this is, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. I, I desire this life. I want you. And you're worthy of it. And I'm worthy. And I, again, I want like our kids and everyone that loves us to, to be there. Will it, will it be completely comfortable? No, but also it's, it's what I want because I love what we got. I do too. It speaks a little bit. Um, and, and I didn't I always, I wasn't, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I just wasn't. I spent so long so many years of my life, not knowing how I felt, not knowing what I wanted and not knowing what I needed. And, and now to, to be able to like, we're bumble fucking down this road, you know, it's, it's, it's a double wide path, not a single path. Well, when you say, I want to go back to, because when you just said, you know, Hey, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I needed. And it was because you didn't know who you were. Is that what you mean? I think yeah. so. Okay. I, it tied, it, it tied intensely into, and so you just, it tied intensely to not knowing who I was because then you let the, the world kind of make decisions for you. And our world does not reflect back what actually feels normal to us. No. And I fell into that heteronormative, well, just, just do this. Cause it's easy. And it's what, what's expected of you. Yeah. And that's, that is why obviously we work for visibility, visibility, right? So that if you are a person who's struggling to come out and to, to understand yourself and where you fit in this world, it's hard to do it when you don't see images 
of other people doing it that look and feel like you, mm-hmm. that that's, that is just the norm. I mean, we've got, we've gone over and over and over the, over this, but you know, my only person that I saw that f- seemed like me was Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. And then I watched her lose everything mm-hmm. because she was queer and, oh dear God. I mean, think of the images that you saw of people who are trans. Oh yeah. I mean, psychotic or dead. That was like the only yeah. stories we told. Yeah. 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 That's why. Yeah. Media. What's what you're doing. Yeah. That's why I'm going to forever have a job. That's why. I forever have a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We want to take one more pause and we'll come back and, and do one last segment and wrap up this episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's take a pause. Okay. 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 We're back. So, um, we just got to acknowledge again, like this is an ongoing conversation. Like, oh, have, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the tip of the iceberg iceberg. And it's a little, um, you know, talk about an upside down or a funnel. So we're starting big and we'll bring things into a more, some more points over, over, over the, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also sharing, um, having other voices than ours of, of how people got on the path to joy. Yeah. And, and some, I mean, some of the folks we've coming on, we have three people over the next couple of weeks that are coming on that, you know, when you ask them where they are today, they're like, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. And I can say that too. This is, this is the happiest I've ever been yeah. by far and away. And I'm still experiencing how it's hard for me to be in joy. Yes. And very present and over the top enjoy. And I'm working on it. Yeah. We're all work in progress. Yeah. I think as, as, you know, wrapping this up in a sense, like I was, um, you know, this idea of like, we get into our, our, our midlife and, and that, that idea of what does practicing gratitude and, 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 and mindfulness look like. And I didn't really get those, understand those phrases until kind of more recently. And in the beginning of my gender identity journey, it was like practicing what shirt do I want to wear today? What shirt is going to, it was a little bit like Marie Mm Kondo-ish, like, you know, getting rid of all the clothing that was not sparking joy. And how did I define joy that day? It's just, it was just listening to my body, but well, I, I, I remember you one time telling me when, when you were first, um, starting to be more vocal around your gender identity. Yeah. And I remember you telling me about the process that you would go through to get dressed in the morning. Yeah. It was epic. <laughs> Can you share a little bit with people about what that process was like for you? And then you basically end up boiling it down to, does this, does this make me feel joyful on my body? Yeah. I would go through, you know, a gazillion questions of, okay, where am I going? Who's going to be there? Um, do I want to look a little bit more masculine, more feminine? What's, it was all based around the external. I was still showing up. I was still people pleasing for other people. I mean, even with my clothing and in my hair, do I, how much makeup do I put on? Do I make my, if I do my hair this way, is, is that going to be too, too man boyish? And it was it's exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> As you can tell, dear listeners, it was exhausting. So um, it was the daily choice every day to pull it. And it was like a, you know, you're letting Captain Underbite off the leash and being like, 
over here, buddy, like pull yourself back on track. What brings you joy? And it was really hard in the beginning. Yeah. I I'm, I'm sitting with all this and, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's mm-hmm. my word for today. Hoping. Yeah. Hoping. <laughs> You're opening and hoping. I'm opening hoping. and hoping and happily in a highly produced podcast. I am hoping that this is reaching some of our listeners and that maybe they'd be willing to come on this journey with us of really establishing what does it look like to experience true joy? Yeah. So part of me putting this out there is my vulnerability of like, Hey, it doesn't really come naturally to me to do. Now, if you want me to go joyously celebrate someone else, Oh, hell yeah. I can do that all day. There is, I mean, we, I start planning people's birthdays in our lives out like six weeks before their birthday of what is, because I joyously want to express the love that I have for other people. I am struggling with being able to accept that for myself. So that's what I'm going to work on. This is me being vulnerable saying, hi, my name is Kim. I am 45 years old and I do not know how to experience joy for myself. Yeah. That is solely about myself. Yeah. So I'm on this journey. I'm hoping listeners that you'll come with me in, in a pursuit and what that looks like. And one of the things that you were just saying is the, is practicing the daily gratitude mm-hmm. of, of what makes me joyful in my day-to-day life. And so I remember when we were going through COVID and I had read this for people that were really struggling with grief and um, the trauma that was being experienced out in the world. And you would pause and you would say, I'm just going to pause and be mindful of five things around me right now that are real and that are, are good. Like they feel good. Yeah. Maybe joy on some of those days was a little bit too much, but I remember you and I would stop and I'd be like, Alex, give me five things, five things right now. And you can look at things and be like, I'm looking out our front windows right now. And it's finally like 70 degrees and sunny (laughs) in Colorado. It's not a hundred degrees and the leaves are blowing and it's really beautiful and really peaceful to watch. And it just reminds me that I'm here. And I've got breath in my lungs and a roof over my head. And I'm sitting across from the love of my life. And I can, I can do that. I can sit Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. The practice. And I adopted this from teaching fitness classes for, for years that practice makes progress, not perfection, not perfection because life is about progress, work in progress. I want to close this out with there's a movie, um, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it on here before, but I highly recommend it for everyone, moms, um, dads, caregivers, kids, parents. I mean, everyone, everyone should watch this movie. And this movie is called love Simon. And, um, it's based off of a book. The book is, is excellent too, but there's a really kind of like unique, um, behind the, the behind the scenes, uh, story with this movie where Jennifer Gardner plays the mom, Emily and Simon, I'm sorry. I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but you know, a, a spoiler, if you haven't seen it, maybe like turn the podcast off right now, go watch the movie <laughs> and then come back and finish it. But Simon eventually does come out to his parents. Yeah. Okay. And, um, when I was reading the behind the scenes stories, Jennifer Gardner said, Hey, I, I will do this movie and I will play the mother, but I need this Like I need something like this speech that she gives, um, to come out, right. It needs to be in the movie. She wouldn't do it without it. She was adamant about being an ally to the community and feeling like this needed to go in. 
and she tells her son after her son has like come out and it's been hard and he, you know, it doesn't go well at school. It doesn't go well with his friends when he comes out and she kind of pulls him aside and, and this is what she says. I'm just going to read it. She's speaking to Simon and she says, being gay is your thing. And there's parts of you that have to go through it alone. And I hate that. As soon as you came out, you said to me, mom, I'm still me. And Simon, I need you to hear this. You are still you, Simon. You're still the same son that I love to tease and who your father depends on you for just about everything. You're the same brother who always compliments his sister food, his sister's food, even when it sucks. And this is the part, Alex, that just this broke me when I watched the movie. You get to exhale now, Simon. You get to be more than you ever have been in a very long time, and you deserve everything that you want. Yeah. And boy, did I, when I watched that movie, I cried like a baby. Me too. Because all I could think um, was about that last, that last part. You get to be more than you have been in a long time yeah. and you deserve everything you want. <laughs> so <sighs> yeah, listeners, I am going to really practice this and I hope you will with me too. Mm-hmm. We're all in. We're all in. What an emotional episode. <laughs> <laughs> Joy is vulnerable. I know. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, time to go back to work, right? Okay. You want to tell them all the things? Um, thank you for listening. Uh, you can please, if you want to email us at how to be queer podcast at gmail.com for any resources, connections, talks, workshops, I don't know, wh- whatever you want to tell us. Okay. Youth seems pretty awesome. Youth seems pretty awesome. Um, you can find us on social media, how to be queer on Instagram and Facebook. One last thing that's going to make you really happy, Alex. Tell me. We, we get catalogs. <gasps> is that Halloween? This is a catalog that comes to our house and it's like Christmas and Halloween and how you can get it to throw up in every room of your house. That's joy right there. There you go. There's your joy, Al. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. We have a lot of amazing guests ahead. Yeah.